0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast which is being recorded, uh, as you might guess not from a podcast booth but uh, is actually at Frankfurt Airport where I'm joined by Tyrone Marshall it's the morning after Manchester United's rushing of LASK Linz and we're also joined by another European away uh, special guest appearance by Simon Peach of the Press Association Uh, PA Media, I tell you PA Media, so apologies for any background noise that you might get of tables or chairs screeching or coffee cups clattering away. Um, gentlemen, I suppose, given the current situation in the world, we, we really should start with the coronavirus uh, or COVID-19 as it's um, as is, is the technical term for it. Uh, it's looking like United, well, almost certainly will not play this weekend. We, we don't know when they may actually play ever again. They've got a Thursday game scheduled in their Europa League 2nd leg that looks very doubtful given the way things are going um, Son, so how, how you, do, do you think this is I mean, I think I know you'll answer this but do you think it would be the right move to just postpone all the Premier League games?
1: Yeah, I really don't understand why I haven't done it sooner I, we should say it's 8am on the Friday UK time so we're fully expecting by the time many of you listen to this the Premier League will have been suspended maybe at first just for a week but it doesn't feel like it will be if the peak of COVID-19 isn't going to be for a few months it's a really it's really hard to get your head around because I think a lot of people will have under and not given this the credence it deserves really the, 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 the illness um, the virus the, the way it's spreading it's now World Health Organization have turned, uh, made it a pandemic and yeah it's I, I realised last night that's probably the last time I'm going to see a football match for, for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ty, was that the strangest game you've ever attended
2: in a journalistic capacity? Uh, yeah, quite probably. And I used to come to Burnley, so that's safe <laughs> <that's> something.
1: <laughs> I was about to uh, yeah. say <laughs>
2: that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely surreal, wasn't it? It was an, an eerie atmosphere, apart from the 70 or 80 LASK dignitaries or fans in, in front of the press box who made a, a little bit of noise every now and again it, it was a very bizarre game I mean it was a game that should never have happened even three hours before kick-off it, it seemed probable still or very possible that the game would be called off there was speculation during the day that you UEFA were going to knock the Champions League and own League on the head I mean that is inevitably going to happen next Tuesday so I mean it's a case of when rather than if this second leg uh, a case of if rather than when this second leg gets played at the moment I would say. I mean, we were throwing around suggestions on the plane this morning and on our way to uh, to Airport about how you fit the season in now and what you do, and it is just impossible to work out what the scenarios is and, and how they how they finish the season and when they finish the season. It's going it's to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But like I say, I, I can't see any way United play in the next few weeks at least.
1: And the reason it probably is so impossible is because it just doesn't appear to be any joined-up thinking. And no, I know, I know, no. on Tuesday you wait for bringing all 55 member associations together in a conference call to discuss coronavirus, the implications on club and international competitions. But why on earth did that not happen two weeks ago? They were all yes, together yeah. at the uh, the congress where they were all making jokes about do we shake hands or not? Maybe just uh, I don't know. It just it feels like people are acting too late.
0: It it does feel as though the whole situation has, almost almost as if it's treated a bit too frivolously at first, Um, from from United's perspective, obviously they put uh, a statement out the other day that they don't want players or staff posing for pictures or having, having selfies with fans or signing autographs. Then a fan um, and and an Austrian reporter asked Solskjaer for an autograph from the picture at the press conference and and Solskjaer obliges because he's he's a very diplomatic and and amiable person. We should should also add that there were a lot of fans who have been given £350 to cover the costs of their travel which was a very, very very commendable gesture Um, but a lot of United fans still, it seemed like the majority of them uh, who bought tickets for the game still came out uh, to Austria. it feels very, very trivial just even talking about the game because goodness knows when the second is going to be played but I suppose from a selfish perspective for United it's I mean it it is unfortunate that this momentum they've built up is about to be disrupted because they were very impressive again
1: Yeah I that was so I've done a game like that before I did uh, Croatia-England in Rijeka a year and a half two years ago but this was even stranger, because United weren't only dealing with the fact that they're behind closed doors, but also they've got the cloud of uncertainty overhead. So I thought they did it incredibly well to keep their focus. Agarlo's goal was incredible, um, uh, brilliant. It was brought back memories of Tony Uboa in the mid-90s, the, the so, uh, good crash, crashing off the underside of the bar. Um, there were uh, not that many nervy moments, but there was... a. Uh, but they, they, they held firm United they kept their shape and kept patient which we've seen in the past they haven't had that cutting edge and they showed it thought well, Dan James's goal obviously wasn't anything like a Gallo's, but it was very it was very well done and Carrera has showed some quick thinking which I know, I know he's not the most popular of players right now but I think he deserves a bit of credit for the way he Way he did, and obviously Bruno Fernandez is Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, I mean, Ty with with Galo again. It, it feels we have to have a, add a caveat here mm. in that he's on loan until the end of the season.
2: Yeah.
0: That might be compromised by by the coronavirus um, issue in that his contract his contract to United probably until the end of June. Um, the Chinese Super League isn't being played at the moment. Depending on what goes on with the Premier League his loan might be cut short but while we're at it at this current time it is a pertinent question it was asked last night whether he should be United should consider signing him permanently because he has had who asked that question a by the way it was a very
2: pertinent it question it was, who was, asked yeah it, it
0: was it was, a, it was an upstanding journalist had a, some a, a Manchester evening news reporter. but at the risk of asking this at a very premature stage
2: of a United career should he be considered as a permanent signing uh, yeah, yeah it's a difficult one I think you've got to have him under consideration now especially if it. I mean there's, there's so many ifs and buts we could turn out that we have a three week pre-season or a three week transfer window in which mm. case signing someone who you've already got at the club that you can probably do a deal pretty quickly for you know what you're getting might actually make a lot of sense, and then you can focus on deals with the likes of Sancho and Greenish and trying to get them done. Um, I mean, I sort of scoffed at the suggestion of signing permanently not so long ago, as I'm sure many people did, but he, he cannot do much more to, to stake his claim, really. I, I think, I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? Every game he's played, every time he's come on, he has had an impact. His, I mean, even when he comes on for 10-15 minutes at the end of Premier League games, he invariably gets a chance. His, he is always in the right place to get to get chances. We saw against Chelsea right from the, you know, his, his first, actually first year of and it, it feels like every game, maybe apart from that City game, he's come on. And, and had a good chance to score and even against City a his, his hold up play was like, his hold up play has been yeah. brilliant his hold up play again last night was really really good and he's got a smile <laughs> I know yeah. that yeah. sounds awesome, but there's, there's been too few players
1: way. in recent years
2: that don't We've look felt, it's been a job rather than Yeah, yeah. it felt to me even when he signed that he, he almost provided a lift to the place and to the supporters because of just his raw enthusiasm of, of playing for the club for you know for, for the last for a lot of the last six years, it's felt like a bit of a chore watching United to, to a lot of those fans. There's been some dreadful football, some dreadful results. And some you covered Burnley, low moments. <laughs> and I come at Burnley, yeah. <laughs> um, and Egalo coming in, and just expressing like how much of a dream this is to play for the club. And I think it kind of, you know, reminded the fans how, how special the club is to, to some people. It just felt like, even before he played, it felt like he'd given the place a lift.
1: I, I do feel that like at the moment, it, it would make sense for United yeah. to sign him. When you take a squad to a World Cup or European Championships, you talk about having good tourists when you get towards the yeah. bottom of the depth chart, if we want to get into American speak. He might only be fourth-choice striker, but if you know you've got a fourth-choice striker that is pinching himself to be there, will give his all every time he gets on the field, and won't kick up a fuss that he's behind yeah. two, three other players,
2: why wouldn't you? Yeah, what you don't want to do is sign a big-name striker that impedes Mason Greenwood's developments. At the moment, yeah. and Igalo's not going to do that. If Greenwood takes off next season and finds himself above Igalo, Igalo's not going to kick up a fuss at that. If you spend 30, 40 million pound on a bigger name striker, might well demand to be played more often.
1: Well, look at Tottenham. The struggles they've had when Harry Kane inevitably gets injured and misses a chunk of the season, they don't have an adequate replacement. Or well, United have an adequate backup why wouldn't you try and get a deal over the line you might have to take a wage cut though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. although I don't think I think the, the impression he gives is that he
0: wouldn't be bothered about that given that he's, he's got the What's thrill if it's 300 for, grand and yeah, 100 grand yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the um, even that might hit him at some stage even though he's very very
1: enthusiastic about Got and he stops it. in mixed zones, yeah. which is important. Which is also important.
0: Uh, I suppose the other aspect is, of it is that uh, at a time where Rashford's out in the long term and there's obviously the concern of Marshall having to take on a, a greater workload, they have been allowed to rest Marshall because of Igalo. Igalo has obviously come in and scored goals against teams that, OK, it's you know, the, the fodder, if you like, Championship side, Europa League side... But his impact overall has been very good. Marshall's been allowed to rest. I think Marshall's completed one game since, since Gallo came in. So, even though he's injured at the moment, um, and you wouldn't imagine, well, again, we're talking about injury timeframes. It just, it just seems rather pointless. Uh, but that's been another Mason Greenwood's going to be 25 when United next play. well yeah yeah. The, unfortunately that's the, 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 there are a lot of variables uh, going into United's next game whenever that may be so uh, just just to stress again we're recording this uh, at uh, 10 past 8 it is now UK time and the Premier League are probably going to announce by the end of the morning that the games for this weekend have been postponed so there'll be caveats galore in this podcast recording uh, you touched upon Dan James um, I mean I've, I've felt in recent weeks he has been gradually improving. I know there are a lot of United fans who still get frustrated by him He's possibly an easy target as well, with a certain, you know, as a fan demographic, in that he's a British player. So automatically by then, if you're not producing, you know, you need, you need the more exotic names to come in. But he got his goal uh, last night. It was very similar to, you know, the goals he scored or some of the goals he scored in, in August. Um, overall, he has done pretty well this season, despite that little two month slump he's
1: had. Yeah, and I think people underestimate, and plenty of players have spoken about it in the past about going. From- from a mid-sized Premier League club to Manchester United and what a culture shock that is. Well, imagine someone that couldn't even get in the team at Shrewsbury. What was How many years ago
2: yeah. was that, time? Tough team to get into. What, yeah. many, was it two, two, years ago, years years ago? Two, two years ago? Two seasons two two ago, years Couldn't
1: yeah. even get into the side on loan. Had one breakthrough season at Swansea, yeah. and then hit the ground running. United have probably got more out of Dan James than they could have expected this yeah. season. Yeah. Same with Agarlo. They, they've yeah. got more out of him than they probably yeah. could have expected. Dan James was always uh, a... <laughs> To me a smart buy, £15 million or whatever it was, is, is chump change uh, at, at, in, in the current market. I think his overall fee, because I, I,
0: no doubt the add-ons will go up yeah. to £18 million. his overall fee would still be cheaper than what they bought Van
1: Listeroy for in 2001. See, uh, and he, he, he gives you an option. He, his pace is crazy. Um, and he, again, he's someone that plays with a smile on his face. He's and look, and I hadn't really thought about this. He does play with a smile on his face, but imagine if you were his age and dealing with the stuff he's had to deal with. Yeah, exactly. With his with his father. father So to to have done as well as he did,
2: and it's it's pretty pretty incredible, really. It was clearly a smart signing and a great bit of business for the long term, but I, I think it was unrealistic to expect him to be playing every week. This season, at that, he's a very callow, 22-year-old in terms of experience. Like I say, wasn't until September last season that he first started playing regular men's football. He'd had less than a full season in the Championship, and then suddenly moves to United. It all happened so quick for him. He didn't—he doesn't have a great bank of experience in terms of playing senior football. And what he does is come for a mid-table Championship team. So suddenly throw him into the Man United team and expect him to to deal with the, the glare of the spotlight I and mean, be playing every week. I think was but it's been a case in needs must. They've been shorter numbers in attacking areas all season and he's probably suffered because of that and that he's not been able to be taken out of the team and given a rest and he's kind of had to, to play through his, his barren belt and his tough belt and in need of a rest. But like I say, there has been signs recently that he's getting better. He was good against City. His decision-making is still iffy at times, but it, it was much better last night in the way he took his goal.
0: You've got to have a bit about you as a Manchester United player for Neil Custis to really like you as well. Does he? Yeah. I, 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 su- I suspect Neil has a soft spot for Daniel
1: James because of the puppy video. Oh, yeah, uh, to be fair, that's a good video. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got a soft you, spot for him as well because he, he grew up near where I live. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's obviously he's English, Yorkshire English-born. English-born, Yorkshire-born, I should say. Um, but he uh, York- he didn't care when I mentioned that to him. He just didn't care. <laughs> 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 he couldn't have so cared any te- less. So
0: he, he's actually stopped in the
1: mix zone this season. Oh. Oh, well. Yeah, just the once. Um, it was his birthday as well, which I didn't realise Why does he look so grumpy? Ah, because I'm dragging him away to talk on his birthday. But no, he's he's uh, he's 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 got something about him. He has. He definitely
0: has. He definitely has. England's last Wales's game. Unfortunately for Wales, you know the European Championship might be a a fair way off for them as well. Um, So, I mean. The, the tie feels so over that you, you might as well not play a second leg anyway. whenever that second leg, uh, It might be in le- luck. Le- be- <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're, we're, we're all, you know, we've we've made this trip anyway. Um, a lot of fans made the trip as well. It was very um, good of the Leeds police to let fans actually watch from. The, there was there was a gate. If if you're watching the game, there was one stand. There was one open end, but the stand the end opposite to that the gates uh, the entrance gates to the stadium were you, you could actually look through them and see the pitch and some united fans did that uh, and were you know, singing the songs at the start of the game and after united scored goals so they managed to catch a glimpse of it and you know there, there were half and half scarves being sold outside, which they'd already been you know, printed, didn't they? They had, yes, yes very much yeah, so. yeah. And uh, it, I mean, perverse, perversely, it might be a, a, a nice, well, a souvenir uh, edition. You got given five, that, didn't you? Probably worth uh, about of years to come. The, the only—I'll admit—I've got one. Last game. I have one half and half <laughs> scarf, but it was bought for me, and it was a certain final, European final in 1999. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, the Cup winners' cup final. It, villa park um but these these traveling sports do deserve a mention for still coming out here yeah or to austria we're in germany now but it's it's still fantastic support
1: yeah obviously a lot of them had non-refundable travel um but they still came out they still there was everywhere you went there was just a couple of people it was all rather tame and quiet but they enjoyed the sunshine enjoyed the the local beers. I know of one fan that managed to get into the, into the stadium. Yes. Yeah, I heard one. Uh, he, not the one I think you're thinking of, but another one. I was told that two got in. I've I've been
0: shown a picture of their their vantage point when they snuck in, but there was another talk that one got in, lasted three minutes, was turfed out, and got a thirty euro fine. Well, I know of
1: one guy that was sat in the press box, uh, and somehow managed to blag his way in as a journalist. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I've known him for years. I went, "How are you in here?" And he went, "Dawn," and I was like, alright <laughs> we'll speak later." So he did. Well, there's, really there's, well there. there was one
0: lad who uh, claimed to have an NUJ card outside the ground who uh, was name of our one of our peers, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who, who could not be in Austria, unfortunately, he was at Anfield on uh, Wednesday night, would it have been? Yes, Wednesday Ooh. night. He was, he, was saying he was a friend of him, are there any spare parts going along? Uh, Neil Custis looked in, in great form in that he was... Ken Lawrence. Ken Lawrence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just,
0: just to clarify on that, uh, Ken Lawrence, the, the son's reporter, was out here, but his accreditation Neil Custis as he was a uh, an 11th hour replacement for Neil who unfortunately couldn't make this trip um, but as I said it's, it's it's not exactly one to tell the grandchildren about but it was a it was, it's a good I don't think i tell same. the grandchildren about no. many
1: of the games I've been to but at the same time th- it was one that you will remember yeah, yeah, well, Euro- one for the Anoraks a lot well. of these European games end up just they all kind of merge into one it has to be something pretty special to yeah. remember it all different and this is this is one of them and I'll, I I did it I did feel privileged to be there because so many people had travelled that way and weren't able to get in. But, But hopefully there'll be some more European travels to come because, as you say, United are through already. It did sound like on the last conference call
0: the number of mentions of coronavirus where maybe at the time, in, in retrospect, we were looking
1: at thinking... Meanwhile, uh, Alibaba.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a We we're, we're, were all thinking, yeah, OK, it's, it's a China-only problem, and of course it isn't anymore, but it did seem then at the time that the, um, the sympathy United expressed to people who tested positive for it or was suffering from it or died from it, uh, sadly, was also their kind of subtle way of saying, unfortunately, we cannot, we just cannot go to Asia for pre-season now.
1: I didn't take but, it like
0: that, but that is an interesting Well, I, I thought look, I know those sense. calls can be crossed, but I thought it was it was quite a sincere statement. Woodward yeah. dave, Woodward even spoke about it. Normally that section of the Vessel's call is left to Richard Arnold. It's it's kind of United's way of throwing Richard Arnold under the bus during these calls so Woodward doesn't have to talk about the app and Alibaba and, and
1: Trump and yes. impeachment yes. and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: and uh, Brexit yeah Brexit on Twitter mm. as well um, but, but fortunately OG Nogalo's come a long way since he trended number one on, on deadline day and um, in terms of pre-season I mean a lot of United fans obviously don't don't make those trips but there's probably more interest in what's going to happen there now given the state of the world and the state of the, the footballing calendar uh, yeah, I mean it, even with that at the risk of looking too far ahead, but I don't think we are necessarily given that the Euros could be put back a year. Mm. Clubs, not just United, surely are going to just have to take a, very, a, a commercial
1: hit and just have a close pre season. Or... I think a club like United could still make a fair whack, even from doing it locally, uh, relatively locally. Well, they, they had a very successful friendly in Dublin a few years ago they against went to Cardiff. Uh,
0: Cardiff as well. Yes, yes, obviously they're. Yeah, Hampton
1: yeah. Park or Wembley on... in Scotland. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's probably going to be free this summer, so yeah, we might Yes, have... yes. yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. Obviously, they were looking at a few things. India was mentioned. They've never been to India before yes. on a pre-season tour. Yeah. That, I believe, I saw yesterday, have cancelled tourist visas uh, in India. So, oh, And you would know, having... Well, I had what? to get a journalist visa, but we won't go into that. that was an absolute <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> but was that worse than China as well? You oh consensus? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that was bad enough. Um, yeah, they're going to have to change a lot of their plans. But it, I don't really understand how they can even look at preseason now. No, they we don't I know when it will be. They don't no. know when it will be. You don't know where the inf- the virus will still be if it's still around. It's I, as I said to you guys earlier when we were walking through the world's largest airport. It feels like. Um, I've never felt so unsure about what's going to go on. Yeah. I know it's only football, but this is our livelihoods and we don't know where people are going. Fans don't yeah. know what they're doing. We don't know how it's going to impact people's jobs in all walks of life. How football, um, people use football as uh, as a form of escapism. And yeah. what are Sky Sports News going to do for the next three months if all sports are canceled? It, it, might, just gen- have to, it might just have to merge with, with Sky News.
2: It's such a rapidly changing yeah. situation that in the wake of Dortmund cancelling their tour of Asia in pre-season last week, I asked United I, they, they, I didn't realise that yeah they, yeah, they cancelled last week I asked United what their plans were and got back a statement that didn't really tell us a great deal but at the time that kind of felt like the biggest issue or the biggest talking points around the coronavirus and how it's going to affect pre-season and now, less than a week on, it's way down the list and, things are a lot more imminent and so we don't know when the season's gonna end, when next season's gonna start. So it's just what all shape a little bit surreal, isn't be. it? Yes. We're sat uh, in an airport now, isn't it?
1: Surrounded by people. There aren't very, there aren't that many people with
2: face masks on. There are a few. Was it actually Weirdly, I mean we came this route on Wednesday and I would say there's a lot more in face masks today than there was on Wednesday and that's really still, still yes yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree yeah, but I there's
1: don't... still probably only two percent of people, one yeah, percent of people. Yeah, probably, like, probably. There's not that many and and they've and, the advice is that the masks are not Effective.
0: They're not anyway. that
1: effective, but it, it's, I think they're better than them. not. Yes. But,
0: um, yes. Yeah. It's just. It's just. It's also surreal,
1: isn't
0: it? It doesn't. Yeah. The, the, there's. I mean, surreal is is the only go-to word. for it. I mean, in your in your story that you did, tied the the word that you nice to was monitoring, or the phrase was monitoring, monitoring the situation. Monitoring it is. It is very easy to deride that statement, but given the state of play, it's probably it's probably the logical stance on things.
2: It is. Yeah. I mean. And they said they were monitoring it day by day which at the time felt like the line but I mean it was fairly obvious and is I mean you, if you're monitoring it day by day at the moment you're probably monitoring it too slowly to be honest it, it feels like you need to be monitoring it hour by hour we were talking yesterday about how quickly yes things things change yeah Premier League statement last night's the classic example that within 50 minutes of saying all games are ahead one of the managers has, has tested positive
1: Well last night the statement from the Premier League announcing that all the games were, were on came at half past nine UK time the statement that came from it was it n- was 63 minutes after saying every game's going ahead yeah. was a statement saying emergency meeting because <laughs> yeah. the Arsenal manager's got I, I, we, coronavirus. We shouldn't laugh, but I think we should,
0: we should stress that we're laughing at how visible the, um, the, pre- oh, the, leadership. the Premier League the leadership the situation.
1: The government leadership seems a little lacking. I'll put it politely as an impartial news agency. Um, but in terms of the sport I mean what on earth are the Premier League and the EFL do I'm yeah. sure they, they've got some good decision makers some of the decisions they've made over the years you can't trust them when it comes to something like this no well we, as I mean even before we
0: um, we flew out here there are some players in self-isolation after they came into contact with the Olympiacos owner uh, who tested positive for, for COVID-19 and since we who's also been... the Nottingham Forest owner yes
1: the EFL haven't done anything yeah. about
0: that and of course um, just, just overnight uh, Manchester City players tested. It's been tested for it. Colin Hudson-Odoi uh, has been tested positive for it. You've had the Leicester, um, a few Leicester players obviously been put in self-isolation as well. as well. Watford has come up as well. It's probably a matter of time, unfortunately, until the United player tests positive or is tested for it and, and forced to go into self-isolation as well. Uh, I said it's, it's a very, very surreal experience. Uh, just, just covering it. Never mind fans not being able to go and, and watch their team. And th- there are livelihoods at stake uh, lower down the, the football pyramid, especially in the football league, where clubs obviously are heavily dependent on gate receipts. Um, while you're here, uh, Simon. You made the news as well this week. Uh, I
1: always make the news. That's my job. <laughs> but you um, became the news <laughs> this week. Yeah, inadvertent. Um, well, yeah, basically the flight from Frankfurt to Linz on the way out on Tuesday evening. I was feeling very smug. I was going to have a nice sleep in on Wednesday, uh, get all the travelling done and beat any travel chaos. Turns out the uh, engine didn't, the right engine didn't decide to work on the flight. Uh, so 10 minutes into the journey, I'm awoken by a, sh- a shuddering and a shaking Austrian man to my right by the window as we were right over there pointing at the flickering orange glow outside um, yeah so uh, that uh, to be honest, I think it unnerved him more that I put Narcos back on and continued watching my TV show than the engine. Uh, but I saw the air stewardess and she seemed quite relaxed and I may have had some... Uh... But they are trained to look as relaxed oh, as Oh, she possibly. looked pretty relaxed, so it worked for me. But, yeah. You were in a relaxed mood I, well, I, I was in a relaxed mood, exactly. I... Yeah. I, I uh, uh, yeah.
0: Sources, sources close to uh, Paul Hurst of The Times uh, claimed that Simon said uh, Tell Luke I love him uh, amid, <laughs> amid fears over the, uh, over, over the security of, of everyone on board But I suppose if you've seen the film Sully And you hear the word where they always say Brace, yeah. brace, brace, brace you know, if, if they're not saying those words or no. that term
1: Then no. you should be fairly Look, they handled it really well that. Yeah. They, the, the pilot got us down Lufthansa put us up in an airport it, uh, In a hotel <laughs> I'm so tired we haven't slept much we should also no, have no, this I've had about four hours sleep <laughs> but um, a rather surreal one not a rather surreal experience one of many this week yes yeah. hopefully yeah. not one I'll be repeating um, and yeah it's, it's always nice when you become the story yes yes uh, as, as purely pointless as this section is no doubt
0: going to be but given that United are pla- oh sorry to We're draw, are, are we going to guess week, when yeah. the next game is but <laughs> uh, I mean this is this podcast we have come out after the embargo Section is um, uh, the embargo stories have come out. Uh, Sargsyan was was asked about. Mourinho, Tottenham because that's who was Good question, Kerman that one as is well, wasn't it? What was the question, Samuel? He did slightly bite. I mean, I, I, the way I phrased it was that uh, Mourinho had said uh, when he was a pundit back in September on the day United lost 2-0 to West Ham that United were worse than they were under him last season. It was put to Solskjaer a Tottenham worse under Mourinho than they were under Mauricio Pochettino. He didn't bite on that but he did say it was pretty pointless to keep on going on about players who are injured who are unavailable Mourinho of course has been very vocal about not having Harry Kane not having Son from Son- Min uh, Stephen Bergvine is also um, out for the season but might not be out for the season because the season could run until June and he might be back by then as I said this is a very caveat heavy podcast and um, Ty, you were there observing, and your uh, guys as a Sunday reporter at Mac uh,
2: did, Was that a little nibble from Solskjaer? I thought so, definitely. Yes, definitely. He, um, like you say, he was he was determined not to bite at your first question, but second time around, couldn't help himself. Yeah, he couldn't help himself, and it was well it was well phrased to give you to give you credit. <laughs> and he, um, yeah, he he clearly made that point about. You mentioned Mourinho talking about Son and Kane and he's had it comparable with Pogba and Rashford and he just shot back with, well I don't talk about them do I it was very clearly a a dig a very, well a not so subtle dig really that that he has had injury problems to to talk about but hasn't bemoaned his luck in the manner of Mourinho who has barely shut off about bemoaning his...
0: It, it, it was, it, it's a valid comparison because United were certainly in the first two, three months they were terrible for large parts of it but they did have injury issues and when a key player like Marshall That's came the back way, they looked yeah. like they were a bit more on it as well um, Simon, you've, you've obviously spent time covering Tottenham uh, and you have a very special relationship with Monsieur Popatino as well how, how, does, how does this Spurs side compare to, to his Spurs side and, and I, I suppose in these last year. Tottenham it, it did start to unravel. Yeah, I'm reaching the, champions the champions champions yeah, yeah, final yeah. the caveat of that again.
1: I think the spirit um, that, Tot- that made Tottenham special is gone or yes. has been largely eroded. Um, they've still got talented individuals and now they're individuals. My issue with Jose when he was at Manchester United was that United, kind of, when they did win, were bludgeoning side just by the pure quality that they had in the individual players, not necessarily the formation or style that they'd been put out in. Um, And it feels like that's how Tottenham got results. But when that doesn't work, Mm. it doesn't work quite spectacularly, as we've seen at Man United and with Spurs recently. I don't buy into the whole Jose is, is a busted flush thing. I still don't think there's many managers that can change a game from the bench quite as well as him but I don't it didn't feel like a natural fit Jose and Tottenham
0: no and it, especially given how miserly the chairman is and how demanding
1: Mourinho can be in a transfer window as well I mean that's that's going to be brilliant at some point um, whenever we get to the transfer window yeah yeah yeah. No, no, yeah. Uh, two very strong characters you wouldn't be surprised to see them buttheads but I, I think Pochettino will be as the years go by his legend will grow at Tottenham and I think they'll realise what they've missed and I think the Players will realise what they miss as well. I understand that they may have got bored of his techniques, his personality. But come on, have, have a look at yourself. Okay? Yeah.
0: Mm. He, he's well. I know Juan de Ramos won a trophy, but Pochettino uh, certainly is the best Tottenham manager they've had in in decades. Anyway, uh, just I mean, a lot of United fans still say, you know, get rid of Solskjaer when at the end of the season get Pochettino in. That that does feel very unlikely at the moment, given the kind oh, of form United yeah. are in. The fact that have not really spoken about Bocchino no, no. for weeks apart yeah. from the fact that they're playing Tottenham says so everything yeah, yeah it's not felt like Solskjaer's been under the cosh since possibly um, the first press conference back from the winter break where of course there were serious allegations about um perform a play of his at Molder and he was confronted with those allegations at the press conference then United beat Chelsea and it's been pretty you know, serene for them since then but on Pochettino I mean again depending on the coronavirus depending on when the season ends depending on United's form uh, I mean he's already said that he wants to you know, get back to management and and he wants to manage in the Premier League which does seem to restrict his options to one club. Uh, Do do you see another, I mean he's he's got a close, he played for Paris Saint-Germain you'd possibly say Paris Saint-Germain would be an option but do you think he would settle with taking let's say over a year off because he was sat by Tottenham in November can you can you foresee him just
1: in the summer not having a job um, I think he's smart enough not to just jump into anything but I, you're, you're one of the only people I've actually heard bring up Paris Saint-Germain which to me has always been a, quite a logical choice he was captain there I yes. mean, he, he, it's not like he went on loan there for three months and that was it he, he was a big presence there and he's, they would help him fulfil his ambitions and win those trophies that he hasn't hasn't managed to do yet despite coaching the mighty Southampton. Um, personally, well, I, know, I know he wanted the Man United job. Yeah, he did. I presume he does. still does. <laughs> um, but that job, unless the rest of the season, whenever that happens, if happens, uh, kind of unravels like it did last season, then I don't see Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer going anywhere. All the noises you hear at the club is that he's safe. And my hunch has always been that the only way he would go at, at right now is if he fell on his, his own sword, which, again, seems very unlikely when things are going well. So, yes. I think Mauricio will probably be wisening up to the situation uh, at United and realise that he probably will have to take another job of... Yeah. United won't lose interest in him I can't no, imagine no. but he won't take the job at Barcelona because he's an Espanol yeah. legend he, he said that in his book as well that he just wouldn't no, he, a, somebody that asked him about it when they covered Southampton in 2013 okay. also knows that yeah. Um, yeah and I also asked him about the Hatafe job back then and he started laughing in my face <laughs> that was another <laughs> thing um, so by me Munich are interested, but it looks like Hansi Flick will get that job. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, I know, has got PSG through the Champions League, but he's not, he, he's quite a divisive character, and I can't see him being a PSG for long. But how many other big clubs would?
0: It does feel like there are, uh, it just feels like a Paris Saint Germain, even looking at the video of them mocking Haaland over what was a fake Snapchat video, that, that is a nest of vipers there.
1: Yeah he he would also struggle to get them to buy in fully to what he wants yeah, he he, yes. he does demanding yes, he's yes. demanding and he relies on young players that are willing to bend the knee in a way and just
2: it, it would feel like a big risk for a manager like Pochettino to go to PSG as well who like I say hasn't yet won a trophy Who, I mean,
1: what? you win league 1 by just turning yeah, up there yeah. yeah exactly
2: so you, even if you win league 1 and go out if you win league 1 and go out in the Champions League last sixteen, the the quarterfinals you're a failure aren't you no. Yeah, you're going to be judged on the Champions League yet winning the Champions League is incredibly difficult even for Paris Saint-Germain so it, it feels like it's uh you know it's a, it's a huge risk because if you do if you just have but one where does he go though real madrid well, wait you, be patient are you, are you, are you like we said, I think Solskjaer's pretty much in unsackable territory this summer now. Yeah, he's approaching that, isn't he? Um, he is. <laughs> But just keep the powder dry. We've seen that things have imploded quickly before it, United. So another big club, will sack a manager within the first two, three months of next season, whenever that is. So just, if you've watched the team, maybe just be patient rather than, than diving into a job that... I think you're difficult to emerge with, with credit from unless you win the Champions League.
1: Well, if Hassel doesn't sign his new contract, he's more than welcome back at St Mary's. There you go <laughs> the, the Dream Alliance.
0: Well, it was, yeah, sorry, apologies for the waitress, was just very politely asking if, if we were okay. But uh, I think that's a, a decent time to wrap it up on what's been such a, uh, a bizarre trip that a Manchester United player's father even asked how Simon Peach was getting into the game, and he wasn't getting into the game. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Simon for coming on as a guest again. Thank you to Tyrone as well uh, for getting through this. We're all very bleary eyed, but hopefully, we've made just about enough sense of what has been a very very surreal United trip but a successful one uh, we'll doubtless do another one of these next week but goodness knows what we will talk about given that it's unlikely that the game against Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday will go ahead nevertheless if you'd like to subscribe to the Manchester Evening News uh, Manchester Red podcast you are able to do that and if you would also like to leave us uh, a review on uh, iTunes that would be greatly appreciated
1: Thank you again for listening and enjoy. Hope you enjoyed this podcast.